Purchase new wiper blades from O'Reilly Auto Parts today and we'll install them for free. See better and drive safer with O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. Thank you for joining us on Community Focus this morning, where we talk about the issues that matter in South Florida and the people and organizations that are making a difference. There is one organization, UKG, you probably see their name on everything because they sponsor so much in the community. But there is one person behind that who not only works on behalf of UKG, but is also the head of Walk Like Mad. This is for Mothers Against Drunk Driving. Heather Geronimus, welcome to Community Focus. How are you? I'm doing great, Ellen. Thank you so much for having me and for your kind words about UKG and all the work we do in the community. Yeah, well, I credit the company and you for making it all happen. I know that you're just about anywhere there's an event that I want to be at. (laughs) And, And yet with all of that, you found time in your life to create the Walk Like Mad and Mad Dash 5K Fort Lauderdale and took on the role of the national board president for Mothers Against Drunk Driving. How has that been going? You know, it's been a really tremendous journey with Mothers Against Drunk Driving over the last 14 years. People always ask me where I find the time. I think we make it for what's important to us. And I know so many of the people that you interview on this podcast feel the same way. You know, it's been 14 years since my father was killed by a drunk driver and 40 years since MAD was founded by a mother who also lost someone dear to her, her daughter, to a drunk driver. And the mission remains the same to support victims and to save lives before tragedy occurs. And that's one of the most remarkable parts about Walk Like Mad and Mad Dash Fort Lauderdale is we have that opportunity to intervene before bad things happen to families like mine. One of the things that I love about your mission is that you don't just raise awareness. You have actually advocated for changes in laws that will help prevent drunk driving and thereby save lives. So we've seen progress over the years with seatbelt laws that came in. And last time we spoke, you were talking about interlocks that are essentially breathalyzers in a car Mm -hmm. that can keep someone from starting the car. What's the status on that now? So those devices are in cars. We don't have the best laws in the country here in Florida. Um, It takes a bunch of times to offend before you get one, but we're always working with the state house and Senate to improve those laws. But what's really exciting, Ellen, is last year, as part of the infrastructure bill, mandates were passed that will eventually be the end of drunk driving. So there's a passive technology that exists today that is similar to the thing that stops you from backing up into something in a newer car that will be the eventual end of drunk driving. It's the driving behavior patterns can detect what drunk or impaired driving feels like for the car and help the car get safely off the road. That technology is in cars in Europe. It's not here in the United States, but it's part of the last infrastructure bill. It's supportive of mandates. To get the mandates, it's going to take time for a fleet change. So we're talking about, you know, 25 years is a fleet change, which means that more cars in the road have the technology than don't have the technology. 
So, you know, we still remain critically important in the life-saving business at MAD, but we are really enthusiastic about the ability that technology will enable the eventual end of drunk driving. That is a fascinating bit of technology that obviously is already created if it's in Europe. And we know that cars are self-driving these days. The technology is way beyond my understanding of it, but it's there. And what I find interesting is if it can detect impaired driving, that could also stop tired driving, which has been likened to drunk driving. And, you know, everybody goes to this. You start hitting your face, you turn the air conditioner on full, you open the window, you chew gum, and and it is as serious as drunk driving. And the recommendation is pull off the road and take a nap because you should not be driving. And similar to what we now know is absolutely unacceptable to drive under the influence of alcohol or any form of drugs. And I think having the services like Lyft and Uber, for some reason, have changed people's attitudes. Ride sharing is acceptable now where before people wouldn't take taxis. And Mm -hmm. I, I don't know why that's a difference, but that has to also be helping with the drunk driving statistics. So I would love to tell you, yes, Um, I know that anecdotally, right, I know Ubering is a verb, which is great, you know, and I know that generationally, so my generation, ones that are coming up behind mine, there's a large uptick in using these technologies and new ways of commuting to not drink and drive. However, and I, this just, it's just so shocking to have to share this statistic with you. Earlier this month, NHTSA did release stats that show that alcohol-related deaths increased by 14% for the second consecutive year. So drunk driving caused 13,384 deaths in 2021. And this is the first time since 2006 that there are more than 13,000 alcohol-related deaths in our country. So we're still looking at the largest killer on our roadways. And I do think, I am optimistic about things like Uber. I think a lot of what is happening has to do with the overall, you know, COVID impacts and racial injustice impacts on law enforcement. So I'm optimistic that that will also change as our communities emerge from those crises that were all happening in 2020 and 21. But this is serious. You know, the the year that my dad died, over 11,000 people died. And that was tragic. Now that you're talking about 2,000 more people in the last two years died because of drunk drivers. So we're going in the wrong direction, which is why it's so important that we have conversations like these and events to drive awareness and advocacy. Well, it's interesting you mentioned COVID because, you know, we went for a year and a half or so where there was almost no one on the road except Mm -hmm. for delivery people and first responders. And then once people were free, it's like they went completely crazy in the opposite direction. They wanted to party. They wanted to have fun. And they weren't thinking about taking care of themselves or others because they'd spent 18 months thinking only and being told only to think about others. So I think there was an overreaction. And then, of course, traffic increased again and people kind of went crazy. You know, South Florida has always been known for having some of the worst traffic and frankly, some of the worst drivers. You know, some of it is just, I believe, because we have people from so many different places with different rules and different laws that they haven't made the accommodation to what are the laws and regulations here. And that's the benefit of having to take a test periodically to refresh your understanding of the rules of the road. And I'm hopeful 
not only because of the understanding of these ride sharing services, but that as people settle back down and the PTSD from COVID starts to ease, that people will again remember that, guess what? Before COVID, driving was something that could kill you too and still is. Particularly. Absolutely. Yeah. Now, have you, in addition to Walk Like Mad, found new ways to reach out to people or felt the need to incorporate new ways seeing as how for so long the messaging was all about wear a mask, wear a mask, and not about don't drive drunk? Yeah. So that's a great question. One of the things that we did that was really impactful for Mothers Against Drunk Driving was take something called our victim impact panels, which were primarily in-person events online. And we're going to keep them online and add back in person, which we have. But those are really impactful ways for people to learn about the dangers of drinking and driving. They are often court mandated, but you know, people who are not, people who have caused a drunk driving crash are also able to attend those sessions too. So we were able to bring those online pretty quickly at the outset of the pandemic so that we could continue our important work, so that we could have a revenue stream that wasn't related to in-person events. And that was a really big boost for the organization, but I think also a big boost for being able to save lives. And, you know, we've gotten back to our in-person events, thankfully, but certainly we are doing a tremendous amount of work. Our new MAD national president, Tess Roland, who is actually from South Florida, is a crash injury survivor, and Mm. she is tremendous with social media. I mean, share the TikTok following and the Instagram stuff that she's putting out there is reaching completely new generations of potential drivers and current drivers. And we're so lucky that she chose to join us in this capacity, which is essentially our national spokesperson role. Of course, she came to us because she was in a head-on wrong way, suspected drunk driving crash. So that's absolutely horrible. But bringing it all back to walk like Matt and Matt Dashfort Lauderdale, and this is going to blow your mind, Ellen. She grew up down here and she's been to that event. Um, She participated with her father before anything terrible happened to her. And after this happened and after her seven surgeries and during her continued emotional grief and pain, she reached out to me and she said, how can I get involved in that? And she was a television reporter. And I thought, I have a great idea for how you can get involved in that. And um, and I'm really proud to say that she was elected as our national president in January for a two-year term. And she's really reaching out to the people that have the power to make the change. You and I have talked about this before. People get set in ways, I think. You know, people can change. I certainly believe that. But there's definitely a group of people out there that are the I've always done it people. Uh, The people who got home after one for a hundred times, get home after two, the next hundred times. And then they have the confidence that they're going to get home after three. And that's harder to unplug than getting to the generation that's extremely socially conscious and that's driving at a young age or about to drive. And that is really a change that we've seen in having this national president who is young and social media savvy and really, really relatable because, you know, her crush was on her way to work. Um, you know, who can't relate to that? Uh, just just try to go do your job. Yeah, I think that may be part of a factor in why there are some groups of people who prefer to continue working remotely because you don't risk that danger of being on the road every day. Absolutely. And and once you go out when you haven't been out, it's a little bit terrifying, I have to say. <laughs> 
Um, so Tess will be with us on May 7th at the Walk Like Mad and Mad Dash 5K Fort Lauderdale at Hyzanga Plaza. Yes, she will. But Blight Change will be across the street from Hyzanga Plaza. Right, uh, right. I didn't want to say the park because I know it's going to be yeah. under construction and they've already, you know, stopped putting events there. Absolutely. But if you participated in this event before or if you haven't, you know, we have a fantastic, beautiful course through Ria Vista in downtown Fort Lauderdale. And we didn't want to give that up. So we are going to have a great street festival and we're still going to meet everyone at the start line on Andrews and Los Olas. And we're going to have the same beautiful course that we've had through Ria Vista. That's wonderful for walkers and wonderful for runners. And because we'll be on the street, we have some new things available to us, new assets like Museum of Discovery and Science is bringing out their STEM truck. And, you know, we'll have the fire truck from BSO that kids can paint. Um, so we're just going to tweak it and move across the street, but we couldn't leave our beloved Heisinga. Uh, I'm thrilled that you'll be at the same location. And, you know, again, there's so much fun things that you've always incorporated. Are you still going to have the corner for nonprofits to present what they do and engage people? We absolutely are. And I love that you brought that up. We're so fortunate to have so many great partners in South Florida, you know, both partners of UKG and other partners that MAD works with. And the Sheriff's Foundation of Broward County is a champion for this community corner where our attendees will get to meet with other nonprofits that are making a difference in our community. So a lot of nonprofits having to do with kids and different causes, and um, they'll be out there. And we like to give them the opportunity to talk to the thousands of participants that will be out there that day. And what would you say to parents? who feel like, I don't want my kids to be exposed to this yet, even though you and I know that they need to understand the dangers from a young age? That's a great question, and I'm glad that you asked it. I would say I've talked about Tess, who's who's only 25 um, and was out there early on, and a young woman who's been coming to the event probably since she was six or seven years old. I was just last week at a Students Against Drunk Driving presentation at her high school, American Heritage, that she spearheaded because she's the president of SAD, because she's been coming to MAD for 10 years. So I would say it's never too early to talk to your kids about the dangers of drinking and driving, and it's never, ever too early to participate in a fun community event because there is a way to be there that day and not, I think, interact with maybe the horror of what happened. You know, we do have a place for victims like myself to reflect and to write the names of their loved ones and messages and talk to victim advocates if it's a hard day for them. But we also have a kids corner and a community corner and a fun 5k and walk and food and music. And it's really a uplifting day for those of us that have experienced a loss, both because, you know, we see the community coming together. And because for me, these young kids that I'm talking about, they're the future, they're changing things, you know, they're doing it. So it's never too early. Okay. What are the specific details people need to know to be a participant or just to come and watch and cheer people on? So it's a great question. Uh, first thing to remember is visit walklikemad.org backslash Fort Lauderdale. All the event details and registration are available there. You can register as a walker or a runner. Or you can just make a donation and come out that day. 
Again, it'll be on May 7th. Our opening ceremony will begin at 7 a.m. We'll be across from the park, but, you know, right on the base of Andrews and Mausolus, so you cannot miss us. And we really invite everyone to come. Like you said, great for cheering people on and great for walking and running. So there will be activities for everyone. Okay. We've got this up on our website. If you need, you know, if you're having trouble remembering walklikemad.org slash Fort Lauderdale, just go to our website. It's on our events listing. We have been part of this every year and always will support what you're doing because we understand the importance not only for those who have already been victims, but to prevent people being victims in the future. We would like to keep everyone safe and healthy and happy and together with their loved ones and not have to burden anyone with the guilt of having impacted someone's life, either ending it or you know, resulting in their loss of mobility or losing family members in in any way at all. Uh, We just want the community to be happy, you know? (laughs) Absolutely. I agree. Okay. Walklikemed.org slash Fort Lauderdale. Please come join us May 7th. It's a Sunday morning. We will be there at Andrews and Las Olas, a street festival this year for Walk Like Mad. Heather Geronimus, thank you for all the work you do and thank you for continuing to advocate for safety for our community. Thank you for all that you do, Ellen. Joining us now on Community Focus, I am so happy to welcome the president and CEO of the Museum of Discovery and Science, one of the major sponsors of today's Heal the Planet Day with Heal the Planet, the nonprofit organization at Esplanade Park. And this is going to be an amazing day. You really want to come out starting at 10 a.m. going until 4 p.m. And if you check our We Care for the Planet page at our website, you will find a complete rundown of the events, things going for the entire family. Kids will have fun. Adults will have fun. We'll be there playing music. And I hope you'll be able to join us at Esplanade Park right across the street from the Museum of Discovery and Science. And as I mentioned, they are a major part of Heal the Planet Day, but there's so much going on. And who better to tell us about it than the president and CEO for the last five years now. And in those five years, he's made some significant changes that have increased the attendance and really involved them in the community. Joe Cox, it's a pleasure to talk to you. What else is happening in addition to Earth Month? And of course, the summer, there are always programs for the kids. What do you have lined up? So we're going to have an absolutely massive summer. One of the things we're really excited about is bringing back Expedition Dinosaur. This was an exhibit that we actually opened end of January 2020. So we only had it for, you know, three weeks before we started shutting down. Right. And so it was actually trapped at the museum for the eight months that our doors were closed because no one was shipping things, no one could move traveling exhibits. So it's an amazing exhibit. So Expedition Dinosaur, presented by Joe DiMaggio Children's Hospital, will be opening up May 19th and we'll have it for the summer. And then on the 20th is your annual Eye of the Storm. Eye of the Storm, big hurricane preparedness event that we do with FIU's International Hurricane Research Center and the Florida Division of Emergency Management. Big readmission day where we get everyone ready for storm season. And the goal is to make sure that everyone knows what to do before, during, 
and after a storm. Now, will there be the tunnel where you can feel what the strong winds are like? The wall of wind. We have our yes. wall of wind exhibit. We're also, um, every year we bring back, it's wildly popular. Um, we launch, a, we have a cannon and we launch different things at hurricane shutters and hurricane windows and regular windows so that we try desperately each year to dispel that terrible myth that if a hurricane is coming, all you need to do is tape up your windows. That is a myth. <laughs> we have tested that out. Days of duct tape. Yes, it doesn't work. <laughs> no. And it, if you leave it too long, it will never come off. Yes. Had so that experience. Plywood it up. If plywood is what you have, you know, hurricane shutters, anything, hurricane impact windows. But no, do not, do not tape your, it doesn't work. <laughs> okay. So that's a great free admission day. And um, we'll have lots of resources for families to pick up. Okay. And I've got to ask, I had a neighbor who said, oh, don't worry about the hurricane. It goes in between the buildings. Can we dispel that myth too? That, that, that is not one I had heard. But no, that, <laughs> okay. that. <laughs> now, um, you've got beach cleanups every other month? We do. We have beach cleanups. So uh, definitely check our website for those dates. We do those every other month. One of the things that people should absolutely sign up for as quickly as possible because they sell out every year are our turtle walks. Yes, when the turtles are all making babies. It's magical. It's oh. absolutely magical. So we start at the museum with a talk about sea turtles. We introduce people to the different sea turtles that live here in South Florida, from loggerheads to leatherbacks. And then we go out to the beach and we um, are one of the permitted agencies able to do beach walks. So we have our trained guides with us and we'll go out there until we see a sea turtle. Now, we can't guarantee it. You know, the sea turtles aren't on our pay, so <laughs> they do their own thing. They have their own schedule. But uh, when we do see one, it truly is magical. And it's one of those things that's very special to South Florida. And these animals are so incredible. And we need to do all of the work that we can to protect them. And I suppose the beach cleanups are part of that process. Have you seen uh, the eggs? opening and the little babies making their way to the ocean. I've, I've been really lucky. I've had oh. the opportunity to you know, see that, although I've never seen a leatherback sea turtle. That's the largest sea turtle in existence. The things are massive, size of a small car practically. And I'll never forget, I was on the beach once and had been doing a beach walk and we saw some, lo some loggerhead sea turtles and it was fascinating. This woman comes up and it's like, oh, are you looking at sea turtles? It's like, yeah, we are. We just saw a loggerhead. It was amazing. She's like, oh, I just spent the last two hours looking at a leatherback sea turtle, you know, 10 minutes that way. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> I, I would have told you if I thought you were interested. <laughs> Had she only <laughs> so known. It, it's, you know, it's good to have goals and seeing a leatherback is one of mine. Okay. So stay here long enough. I mean, it's been five years now. I have a feeling that with your five-year plan, um, you're going to be here a good long time and we're happy to have you here. Thank you. Before you go, let me ask you Earth Month. There's a big event happening on April 30th with Heal the Planet. Absolutely. And you're part of that Earth Day event. We are. So uh, Heal the Planet's a wonderful local organization. We're teaming up with them. 
they put on a spectacular Earth Day event every year in Esplanade Park, which is the park directly in front of the museum. So we'll be there, we'll be there with our STEM mobile, our mobile outreach van, and we'll be having Earth Day activities inside the museum as well. And as part of what they'll be doing at Esplanade Park will include a kids zone. There's going to be a zone for learning how to plant food and have a sustainable food garden, mindful movement. They've covered the whole of the healing yourself along with the planet. And I just, I, I think the partnership is wonderful. And I'm excited that we're going to let our audience know all that you're doing and all of the new exciting things coming to the Museum of Discovery and Science. Joe Cox. President, CEO of the Museum of Discovery and Science. If someone's interested in more information, how do they get in touch? Absolutely. Uh, go to our website, mods.org, or follow us on any of the social media platforms. Okay, life-changing experiences await at the Museum of Discovery and Science, downtown Fort Lauderdale. Thank you so much. Thank you. And finally, for our last segment of Community Focus today, I am delighted to welcome back Hannah Grooms, who is the content director for Heal the Planet, and as you've heard me mention earlier, today is Heal the Planet Day with Heal the Planet and the Museum of Discovery and Science and a number of other organizations. We at Cox Media Group will be there happening at Esplanade Park. And I wanted to turn to Hannah to get some of the tips, things that you might learn today. And we'll give you a little heads up in advance. For example, I know that learning how to plant a food garden is one of the things that you can do at Heal the Planet Day today. And I happen to be looking at my niece's mango tree and I'm just waiting for those mangoes to turn a little bit more. Hannah, what are your thoughts? Is there anything better, Ellen, than having a ripe mango from a tree instead of a green one from a grocery store? I mean, to me, they're not comparable nutritionally or taste-wise. No. Yeah, I think connecting people to like, wow, just picked it off this tree and it's so fresh and it has the highest amount of nutrients I could possibly consume. And so we really want to just inspire people to say like, I can do this and it isn't very difficult. And if thinking of, well, I won't reap the fruits, sometimes it's just about planting the seed and let somebody else reaping the fruit in the future. You talk a lot about conscious buying. Can you explain some of that? This is a simple way. A small shift in the products that we purchase can make a huge difference. Did you know, Ellen, that 400-year-old trees are cut down from old-growth forests just to make toilet paper? No. I know toilet paper obviously comes from trees, but I didn't think about them being 400 years old. And also a yes. source of our in, in South Florida, I, I know it's not the ones that they're cutting down in South Florida, but here... Our trees get cut down to make parking lots or to grow new condos, if you will. And yes. it makes a difference in the temperature. There's nowhere to escape the sun when they cut down all the trees. And the temperature yeah. difference is amazing. When you go to a park and you sit under a tree, it's you know, 10 degrees cooler when in the shade. So what's yeah. the solution? They have tapped into a lot of it happens in the Canadian forests and the forests of the Northwest, where these old growth forests are actually at this point being cut down just to make toilet paper. One way that you can preserve these old growth forests is by simply purchasing bamboo toilet paper. It's a much more sustainable solution to traditional toilet paper. It grows a lot faster. It's very easy to grow and it doesn't take up as much space as larger trees. And just by making this simple shift, think about how many people could just make that simple shift 
not a big cost difference and way better for the planet. And then on top of that, once you start shopping with sustainable companies, like at the Heal the Planet shop, we sell bamboo toilet paper. And this amazing company that we work with, they donate 50% of their profits to purchase toilets for children that don't have access to them. Oh, wow. So this is a great example of just how small acts create a huge impact. And the interesting thing about that is not only does it create an impact for good, but small acts can be the thing that creates the impact that is negative. Everyone who makes that momentary choice that I'm going to leave a ring of six-pack plastic on the ground by the bay is making a choice that adds up to our wildlife, our nature, possibly dying because of that six-pack of rings. And it's as simple as putting it in the garbage, taking it with you. So, yeah, people Mm -hmm. make choices. And again, we would encourage people to make the positive choice. If you have garbage, take it with you. If there's a garbage can, put it in the garbage. And if there's a recycling bin, put your recyclables in the recycling bin. Like you said, the rings end up around an animal's neck when you can simply cut the rings before you recycle it or before you put it in the trash. And then you never have to worry about that. But somebody may have never known. Could you imagine if everybody just decided to stop using plastic straws at once, there would be no more plastic straws to enter landfills or waterways or anything. Not that the current ones that are already out there wouldn't exist because they'll take hundreds of years to break down, but no more would be added to the pollution problem. And it's an easy thing that people can do with just making a simple choice of not to grab the straw when they get a drink to go. Right. And I know that there are people who will say, but what about the company that makes the straws? We don't want to put people out of work. But I think of it in terms of the automobile industry. They all started evolving to make hybrid cars and then electric cars to stop using carbon and the oil that we have as a supply. So if these same companies could evolve what they produce... If they know that plastic is not a good thing for a straw and people are now buying the metal straws that are reusable, you clean them, you use them again, they could market those and then people can learn new skills and stay in business and stay employed. There's always innovation that's happening in an earth-friendly way. And if there's one job that's lost for something that's not sustainable, another one will be gained for something sustainable. Exactly. This is completely different from the Conscious Buyer Shop that you have a link to on your website. Explain what the Conscious Buyer Shop is about. Our Conscious Buyer is actually an online resource that we created where people can search for companies that have met or even exceeded our criteria of what it means to be a conscious company. We really believe that informed choices empower us to support companies that are protecting our planet. So we searched high and low, did a ton of research to find the best and brightest companies that are doing business for people and for the planet. We currently have over 600 sustainable companies on there that we feature. So you can search through the different topics that we have and visit their site. And you'll know when you're going to our site that whatever company that you purchase from on that site is giving back to the community. They're low carbon, they're eco-friendly, and they have the highest standards of environmental awareness. 
And it's just a great opportunity for people to be introduced to new companies and things that they didn't know maybe was made sustainably. And then once they have that awareness, they can just visit that company and support that company because that's really our goal is to support sustainability. And that is unquestionably just one of the many things we'll have the opportunity to learn and explore at Heal the Planet Day today. Please join us 10 a.m. to 4 p.m. at Esplanade Park, right across the street from the Museum of Discovery and Science. Bring the kids. They're going to have a ball with doing experiments and come comfortable because you might want to take part in the mindful movement classes. You might want to get down and dig a little bit in the earth as we're learning how to grow our own sustainable food gardens. And it's also a great place to meet like-minded people. Again, the information is on our website under our We Care for the Planet page. And of course, you can also go to HealThePlanet.com, not only to see what's happening today, but to see all of the work that Heal the Planet does. Thank you again to Hannah Grooms, content director at Heal the Planet. I hope to see you this afternoon at Esplanade Park. And thank you for listening to Community Focus. If you have questions about today's program or would like to suggest a topic, you can email me at ellen.jaffe, J-A-2-F-1-E, at cmg.com. Join us again next Sunday for an all-new edition of Community Focus. See you this afternoon. Spring, is that you? Warmer temps mean new Albert styles. Meet the new Superlight Collection, the lightest ever shoes from Allbirds, now in fresh colors. These must-have travel shoes have a lighter-than-air feel and barely-there fit that made them the most packable shoes ever. Plus, they're comfy right out of the box. That means more comfort and less baggage. Experience how Allbirds is redefining comfort. Visit Allbirds.com and use code SUPER24 for a free pair of socks with a purchase of $48 or more. That's A-L-L-B-I-R-D-S dot com, code SUPER24.